0: I'm going to give you a contextual orientation. Contextual orientation to the passage, 2 Samuel chapter 11. Biblical passages that you need to keep in mind. This is for you to keep in mind and go back home and read about it. I want to give you a frame of reference so that you have your bearings. It's like your GPS. Okay, so I'm going to do that. And the GPS coordinates are the GPS coordinates so that you will not lose your way. 2nd Samuel chapter 11, Genesis chapter 3, Matthew 4, 1st Peter 1 and 2. A little more detail. 2nd Samuel chapter 11 is what was read. Genesis chapter 3 is the fall of man. Matthew chapter 4 is the temptation of Jesus. And 1st Peter 1 and 2 is calling to live holy lives. Have you got an orientation? Using the biblical passages as GPS. Now let's begin our journey to study and partake of the Word of God together. Key principle that we're going to use is whatever you reject, you have to receive in its place. It's from Matthew. It's a principle that people rarely use, but it's a principle that's got profound impact. Whatever you reject, you have to receive in its place. If I choose to reject hate, don't leave yourself empty. Receive love. Because if you leave it empty, something else will fill it. If you choose to reject anger, fill it with peace. If not, something else will fill it. It's a biblical principle found in Matthew. That's what we'll be applying here. So I've given you the GPS coordinates, biblical passages, and I've given you the principle that we'll use as we travel on this journey. Characters in the passage, David, he was at the pinnacle of his life. You saw that last week. He was at the pinnacle of his life. He was a successful leader, mighty warrior, and a person who did what pleased the Lord. A man after God's own heart. In Acts 13.22, God testifies concerning David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He, he will do everything I, will, uh, I want him to do. He will do everything I want him to do. The next character is Bathsheba and Uriah. Bathsheba was a religious woman who was the daughter of Iliam. And the wife of Uriah the Hittite, she was a religious woman. She was a religious woman. She followed the religious rites. Uriah was a loyal soldier in David's army. Husband to Bathsheba, and he was on the tour of duty in the service of his king and country. He is mentioned in 2 Samuel chapter 23 among David's mighty men. Then we have Job. He was a commander of David's armies, extremely skilled and valiant on the battlefield. He was loyal to David for almost four decades. He was loyal to David for 40 years. Then we have the other soldiers who were part of the battle, who were part of David's army, who was with Uriah when they attacked the city of Rabbah. And finally, the son who was born to Bathsheba, the first one, who was born as a result of the relationship between David and Bathsheba. So these are the main characters in the passage. In 1 Chronicles 3, it lists the sons of David with the names of his wives. He had six wives and many concubines, David, before he took Bathsheba to be his wife. And this was in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Altogether he had total seven. As you can see, David is at the pinnacle of his life, of his career. And you can see the main players now. I've captured them in a pyramidal format. So you can see who comes at the, at the bottom of the pyramid and who's at the top of the pyramid, symbolic of where David is. Bathsheba was a devout woman. Diligently observing the religious rites, and she was taken for another man's pleasure. Here is a religious woman who was fulfilling a religious rights taken to fulfill another man's desire. That's Bathsheba. Uriah, he was rewarded with death. For his loyalty and devotion to his work and master. That's Uriah's case. Extremely devoted, extremely loyal. Rewarded with death. Job, a loyal commander who is forced to choose the fate of his staff. The commander who has now to choose who gets to be killed who does not. A difficult choice. Then we have the soldiers who fought in the battlefield who lived to serve their country, whose ultimate goal is to serve the king and the country, but who was purposefully killed because they were with Uriah. Then we have the son who came into the world only to be taken away soon born to die seems totally unfair doesn't it how life turned out for each of them and I'm sure none of them knew why it was happening to them except David Place yourself in their shoes none of them we know now But when the events are happening, none of them would have known why is this happening to me. When I was preparing this, I was thinking: sounds like some of our workplaces. We are loyal to our work, but we are the one who gets axed. Put in the extra hours, the extra time. When promotion comes, we get overlooked. When there's downsizing. You've got 20 years, but who gets axed? You get. It does sound like the experiences of people we know, if not our own. Sometimes God reveals to us why unfair things, bad things happen to people. Sometimes he chooses, chooses not to. anyway, That's an interesting topic of study, along with others like, whether it was God who was testing David, whether it was Satan tempting, whether David's decision to stay and enjoy while his army fought was a problem, and did Bathsheba seduce him? All of these are good topics to explore, and I would welcome anyone anyone here to have a coffee, tea, I have tea, okay, Uh, study. With anyone, or with anyone who wishes to do so, let me know. That's for another day. So, in this passage, we read also of David's unbridled desire that had a devastating impact on his life. The lives of the ones he loved, the people around him, the nation he represented, and with God. So, this is the focus of our study desiring for more, David's unbridled desire. David's desire for more of that which was forbidden had a lasting impact on his life and on generations to come. It would suffice to say here that over the next 500 years, Israel began to lose everything that God had given them. There was rebellion, sin, and death. King David represented the nation of Israel He was at the pinnacle. But because he desired for more of that which was forbidden, rebellion, sin, and death entered his life and the life of his family and of generations to come. It was a downfall from then on. That late evening encounter with Bathsheba. Therefore, Because of one man's desire for more of that which was forbidden. Although David did cry out to God, he confessed to God and God forgave him. But he and the nation still experienced the consequences of sin. Does the story sound familiar to another story from the Bible? You've got the GPS coordinates. Use it now. Use the GPS coordinates. I gave you a coordinate. What is the coordinate? It sounds similar to some story in the Bible. Desiring for more of that which is forbidden, leading to rebellion, sin, and death. Adam and Eve. Use the GPS coordinate, Genesis uh, Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve represented mankind. You often wonder how the sin of one man and woman can spread to an entire human race or spread to the entire human race. This is how. Because Adam and Eve represented like King David, represented the nation, represented mankind. So because they desired for more of that which was forbidden, rebellion, sin, and death. My friends, that's the progression. Rebellion, sin, and death. It always begins with rebellion, followed by sin, and then finally death. In James 1, 14 to 15, it says, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Let us look at Psalm 32, 8 to 9. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Did you know that this psalm Psalm 32. Biblical scholars say that it was written after David received forgiveness of his transgressions. Did you notice the word "bit" and "bridle"? Because David had unbridled desire for that which is forbidden. Now he realized. I need to have my emotions in check. I need to have my desires in check. So it's very interesting you'll find that word in there. David, did you also know that David broke five of ten commandments? He broke five of ten commandments. They were murder, adultery, stealing, giving false witness, and coveting neighbor's wife. No wonder he was filled with agony because he kept that sin without confessing bottled within him. In Psalm 32 he says, my bones wasted away and when I confessed, I found relief. So... Is desire wrong? Some world religions teach that people need to eliminate all desire. And every longing people need to eliminate. And if one is to be free from suffering and transcend into eternity, you have to eliminate all desire. So, If we get rid of all desire, wouldn't we be getting rid of all the desire to do good too? I see that as a problem. And that will not be a healthy way to live. Therefore, desire is not wrong, but what have we set our desire on is what matters. What have we set our desire on is what matters. So is desire wrong? Some religions teach to eliminate desire. But that's problematic, desire is good, but what we set our desire on is what matters. So, Romans 8.5 reads, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. You see what the focus is. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So it's all about desire. Desire is good. But what have we set our focus on? Is it that which belongs to the world or that which belongs to the spirit? In 1 John 1, 15 to 17, it reads, Do not love the world or anything in the world, for if anyone loves the world, love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The word desire keeps coming up again and again, associated with world and spirit. Bringing to our attention the focus of our desire. So far, so good. Good. Okay. So both Adam and Eve and King David desired for more of what the world desired. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, Adam and Eve. King David, the lust of the flesh. Pa, he was the king. He could take anything he wanted. No questions asked. The pride of life. It's the king. He can take anything he wants. The pride, the pride that comes with it. So there was power, there was pride, and there was pleasure. The lust of the eyes. Beautiful woman. So in both Adam and Eve's case and in King David's case, Both of them, or three of them, yielded to the lust of the flesh, pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. Thus, the consequences of rebellion, sin, and death. Bobby, this message is gloom and doom. This is fact. But the story doesn't end there. There is hope. There is hope. The journey doesn't end there. There is hope. What the first Adam and King David messed up. What first Adam and King David messed up. The last Adam, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ who is in the lineage of King David said it right. He showed us the way. And that was the way that pleased God. Hallelujah. So, careful attention to this. What the first Adam messed up, and what King David messed up, the last Adam and the person in the lineage of David, as promised. In 1st Samuel chapter 7, last week's reading, said it right, showed us the way, and the way pleased the Lord. So here you go. Jesus Christ was a representative of mankind, and he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords of nations. Instead of rebellion, He obeyed. Instead of committing sin, he served. Thus bringing life eternally. I hope you get the spiritual truth. Jesus Christ had to set the record straight. Because Adam and Eve and David messed it up. So when Jesus came, instead of rebellion, he obeyed. Instead of sinning, he served. And instead of experiencing death, he experienced life, life eternally, and brought us into life eternally with him. I think that deserves a hallelujah. I'll leave the hallelujah to you. Isn't this exciting? That's why I was excited to bring the word and to partake in it together with you. And I'm humbled that I'm able to bring the word to Elam Chapel because you let me and God lets me. So Jesus Christ... He desired for more. He desired for more. He desired for more of what the Spirit desired. So when Jesus Christ started his ministry at the age of 30, guess what? King David became king at the age of 30. Jesus began his ministry... Overcoming the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. Jesus Christ obeyed. Jesus Christ served. And Jesus Christ lived, brought life or bought life. He desired or he overcame the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. Where Adam and King David failed Jesus Christ was victorious. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ was victorious. So we can see the next GPS coordinate is Matthew chapter 4, the temptation of Jesus. I hope the pieces of the puzzle are falling together neatly into place and you can appreciate. So, Jesus Christ, instead of the focus of his desire being worldly, he focused on that which matters to God spiritual desires. He chose to know God in the temptation of Jesus right after his baptism. The evil one asked him or the devil asked him, if you are the son of man, command these stones to turn to bread. And what did God say or Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone. First spiritual desire, focus of first spiritual desire, know God, know God through his word. Man shall not live by bread alone to fulfill the lust of the flesh, but the desire the focus of the spiritual desire should be knowing him through his word eat the word remember the principle whatever you reject you need to receive something in its stead so if you reject the lust of the flesh please receive something in its stead receive the desire to know god more if you reject the pride of life Please receive something in its stead to obey God, come what may. Even if, even if, O King, our God doesn't save us, we will still worship Him. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Obey God, come what may. If you reject the pride of life, receive obedience to God. If you reject the lust of the eyes, receive something in its stead, serve God. Did you know that David fell into the sin with Bathsheba because he chose not to serve? He decided to stay at home. And not go and lead the army in the service of his God. So sin entered. So as his children, we have a choice. Do we desire for more of the worldly desires or spiritual desires? What do we desire? Worldly desire or spiritual desire? But the question you may have, Bobby, life is going to be so boring. I'm going to be a Christian zombie. No. Hi, hi. Life is so, going to be so dull and boring. My spiritual focus and my desire for, desire for more is about knowing God, obeying God, and serving God. Life is boring. No. I don't see any zombies in our midst. I see happy Christians, joyful Christians. Struggles, yes, there are. Pains, yes, there are. Spiritual battles, yes, there are. Despair, there is. Now it means that you begin to look for ways. We begin to look for ways ways to know god ways to obey god ways to serve god we have to be deliberate because our tendency because there is a spiritual man and there's a carnal man there is a conflict always and we have we have to be mindful to be deliberate In our focus of our desire Desiring for more of knowing God Desiring for more of obeying God And serving God What does that mean? We get to enjoy life And live abundantly here on earth And eternally After you leave this earthly body behind Double blessing We get to enjoy the spiritual blessings And we get to be blessed eternally as well So you can see, this leads to eternal separation. This leads to eternal salvation. I hope I'm making some sense and bringing clarity to the scripture. A common scriptural passage and preachers speak about it from various angles, but I thought I'll get to the theology of it because we are all theologians. We want to know more of God. But remember sometimes in our pursuit of spiritual desires we may falter we may fall we may go back to the lust of the eyes we may go back to the pride of life we may go back to the lust of the flesh because remember it runs hand in hand we may falter we may fall my friends be quick to confess confess to God be quick to ask forgiveness and move on move on the battle is not lost as the lord of heaven's armies like we heard last week he goes with us so don't give up press on, defeat the enemy stand in the way of you defeat the enemy that stands in the way of you becoming Christ like, defeat the enemy you're not good enough see you failed again You will never get over that addiction. You will never get over it. Engage the enemy. But don't engage on your own. Engage the enemy in the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies. Press on. Because it's already been promised. The spiritual blessings are already promised. Press on. And you will see you becoming more and more Christ-like. Enjoying life on this earth. And enjoying eternal salvation too. Just to bring everything in focus. Desires are good. Desiring for more is good. But what is our focus of desire? Our focus of desire is not worldly lust of the flesh. The pride of life and the lust of the eyes. But it's spiritual. Knowing God. Obeying God. Serving God. Which brings eternal life. As I count to three, we'll begin to read in unity as loud as you can and believing that we will go forth from here with renewed strength and hope. One, two, three. Dear God, I confess that I have oftentimes desired more of the worldly desires. Please forgive me and strengthen me to not continue in it. I reject the desire of the lust of the flesh and receive the desire to know you more. I reject the desire of the pride of life and receive the desire to obey you more. And I reject the desire of the lust of the eyes and receive the desire to serve you more. Thank you that you have forgiven me and for filling me with renewed hope and strength to walk in victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.